Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the Augsburg Confession, looking at Article 28. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and errant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and a faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more, apply at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. Pastor Adam Osher. All right, welcome back, guys. We're, we're back in the studio to record another batch of episodes, and this is the last arc of episodes for the Augsburg Confession. Article 28. We, yeah, we, we made, made it. it. Most importantly, you made it. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> we feel like we should be having like a, a, an arc of four official apology yeah. episodes, not on the apology, but where we're actually apologizing. Like, like issuing <laughs> certificates with like, you yeah. did it. <laughs> <laughs> if you can prove that you made it all the way through the Augsburg Confession, you will get a uh, uh, being Lutheran certificate of approval. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, talk about a merch uh, store. We should start a merch store that includes things like that. Yeah. Like, I made it. It's like North Dakota. <laughs> if you guys are familiar with North Dakota, there's you, no, not, you go not, into... Not. It's a state, I Brad. Know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's where good people come from. Okay? Uh, it's oh. on top. So it's the ranking, according to geography, is North Dakota's on top, and South Dakota's slightly below that. At the Fargo Visitor Center, going back to my point, okay, <laughs> there are shirts that it's the 50th state, because it's the last state people typically tend to visit, even including Alaska and Hawaii. I don't get it. North Dakota's beautiful, but that's what we could have. And if you're doing a road trip, like sooner or later, you're going to drive through North Dakota. We do have an interstate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can drive fast on it as well. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Did they have like a shirt that said, I did it? Or Yeah, I, we all 50 states or something. All 50, huh. Visited all 50. Maybe every genius. state has that. It's just Fargo's, you know, They run typically. out of stock. <laughs> they run out of stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so Article like 28, yes. all 28 articles of the Augsburg Confession. Yeah. We, we, we were talking, we, we've got some good content that we're planning and hoping to do. Just kind of a little mini break yep. before we start the section on the small called articles. Right. It's always a good opportunity in. And thanks for those that do send in questions, but uh, now is especially a really good time to send in questions for us. Even though this episode will air after, after we, do we record the Q&A uh, <laughs> episode, but it also just always provide us with good questions. Yes. We're, we're looking for opportunities to interact with our listeners. Um, I just posted on Twitter yesterday that after taking a deeper look at our Spotify numbers, it looks like our listenership is double what we previously thought, which is just mind-boggling. Yeah, awesome. Even more reason for merch. Even more reason for merch. It will happen someday. It will happen. That would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, should we get into the content of the episode today? Uh, we're talking about a topic that I think... Um, I'm I think so excited. I'll, yes. I think all of us really love this topic of uh, the two kingdoms, but uh, Article 28 of Augsburg Confession and its apology on church authority or power of bishops. And uh, I'm going to read through uh, paragraph six of this for us as we launch into our discussion. And and like the last... Boy, it feels like I've been saying this forever, but uh, a lot of the, the last number of uh, articles are really lengthy. Um, so just encourage you to go and read that. And uh, But for today, uh, we're reading through paragraph six. 
And it says, um, <clears throat> many and various things have been written in former times about the power of bishops, and some have improperly confused the power of bishops with the temporal sword. Out of this careless confusion, many serious wars, tumults, and uprisings have resulted because the bishops, under the pretext of the power given them by Christ, have not only introduced new forms of worship and burdened consciences with reserved cases and violent use of the, of the ban, but have also presumed to set up and de depose kings and emperors according to their pleasure. Such outrage has long since been condemned by learned and devout people in Christendom. On this account, our teachers have been compelled for the sake of comforting consciences to point out the difference between spiritual and temporal power, sword and authority, and have taught that because of God's command, both authorities and powers are to be honored and esteemed with all reverence as the two highest gifts of God on earth. Our teachers assert that according to the gospel, the power of the keys or the power of bishops is a power and command of God to preach the gospel, to forgive and retain sins, and to administer and distribute the sacraments. For Christ sent out the apostles with this command, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Um, I might read just the, the paragraph about the... Uh, no, we'll just wrap it up there. We could maybe keep... we can read that next episode. Go a little bit farther. Yeah, maybe especially the the part about uh, the left hand kingdom. Sure. Mm -hmm. So there's there's three major issues, uh, and especially theological issues that we can sum up the content of this entire article. The first is the relationship between church and state. Mm -hmm. and this one is eminently relatable and practical for what the church is going through now. Uh, the I think the Christian right or the American patriotic church, uh, the, the new hot button term is Christian nationalism, yeah. where they want a blending of church and state. So you kind of have a, a Christian nation going on on the right side. Uh, the left side thinks it's entirely biblical to have complete separation of church and state, which even that is a nuanced conversation that you want to explain terms, right? Yep. And so the relationship of the church and state, but particularly the confusion of church and state is at issue here. The central big idea of this article is what we call the two kingdoms or the two realms, which we're going to spend our bulk of our time on today digging into that. The third one, the conclusion of this that I think a lot of people don't talk about is this brings up the issue of church discipline. And uh, especially the Lutheran complaint here was the capricious church discipline that the Roman Catholic Church was doing uh, for politicians who ran contrary to their uh, goals and desires in the earthly kingdom. And so, you know, it's like, oh, I don't like you as a king. You're excommunicated. And uh, using excommunication, using church discipline as political power is another big issue for the church to talk about today. So those are the yeah, three central areas. That's a lot of... Uh, There's a lot of meat, a right? A lot, lot, lot of meat on the bones. That, you know, I, I think I'm, this might register as one of the top, I don't know, 10 topics that I get have been asked about as a pastor. I don't know about you guys, your experience, and uh, just relating with the questions that people have uh, in the pews and, and uh, in your congregations. Yeah, I, my experience in the parish has been very similar, you know, and and it's interesting because it's um it's not a topic that people discuss 
with, you know, kind of a, a carelessness a armchair approach to it. It's they are very invested. And, and a lot of times if you're dealing with you know, either side of this issue. There, there are strong opinions, strong feelings, uh, passion feelings, and, and it's unnecessarily, in my experience, caused uh, divisions between Christians because of in a misunderstanding. Congregation. And congregations, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and it's this is one of those things where we have, through a number of series of events, and we could have several episodes just talking about the symptoms that led us to this point in the church. But there is a, a, a common and even popular belief that the church must exercise political power hmm. or the church is losing. And, 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 and that seems to be the fundamental issue. And, and again, I, <clears throat> I probably should walk back my comments about the, the right versus the left when it comes to Christian nationalism in the American patriotic church, that tends to be more of a red state kind of uh, conservative position. But let, let's not forget the Christian and the political left is is very happy to have convenient partnerships when it comes to uh, their, social their side of the social yep. issues. Too. Yeah, There's absolutely. The, the social mm-hmm. gospel, uh, uh, certain issues like that. So l- let's already not go down a path that's just easy and convenient for that. This is the church on both sides of the straight and narrow way is screwing up the use and the exercise of political power in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, so what was going on with the, the bishops at this time or, um, you know, why, why reference to the power of the bishops here? Um, what was it about that day that um, led to this article being written? Uh, what, what you had, in, I mean, I think the starting point to talk about the power of the bishops is to recognize that the Roman Catholic Church of Luther's day was mostly a secular organization. And not to say they weren't the church and not to say there wasn't ecclesiastical issues, but the reason we say that is the largest landowner in Europe at the time of the Reformation was the church you know, the Roman Catholic Church. And they you had the Holy Roman Emperor, which went from being an entire entirely Roman thing to what, oh, a few hundred years before the Reformation comes around, Charlemagne makes that an entirely political position, right? That, that Charlemagne is exercising earthly power in the name of the church. And, and I mean, even farther back, the ball gets rolling with Constantine on this, right? And so all of this is swirling. So now what you have in Luther's time is that the bishops, particularly the bishops, are telling kings and rulers how to do their job, and and the church is kind of (laughs) strong-arming kingdoms and and cities for their own ends. Even beyond that, you had, weren't they appointing like in certain cases, the bishops and the the you know the Catholic or the ecclesiastical leaders well, leadership at the time was actually appointing individuals in certain places. In, yeah, and, and on some level, and I think we mentioned this a few episodes ago, the 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 Reformation starts because of this, because what you have happen is when it comes to the Holy Roman Emperor and the Holy Roman Emperor, the Augsburg Confession and the Apology were both hand delivered to the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V of France, right? And so the church elected the emperor. And there, there was a, 
Now, if I'm wrong and there's an actual church historian, I think there was six electors in the in the empire. I could be wrong about that. That's memory from seminary, which was 15 years ago, right? So there's six electors or a number of electors, and those are the ones who have a vote to cast for their diocese, their area, and who gets to be the emperor. And so the problem is, is that there's this guy, Albert or Albrecht of Mainz, who was elevated to be a bishop because of political favors. Uh, he's just a wealthy guy. And what he does is he uses bribery and money to buy a second vote. And then to pay off that bribe he gives the Holy Roman See in Rome, he starts selling indulgences in Germany. And Luther took issue with that. And that's the start of the Reformation. And something happened. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a hammer. And there yeah. was a door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nailed it. And, and Luther still was a... Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, Luther sorry. was not a Lutheran, Lutheran for two yeah. or three years after that. But yeah. So so that's the history behind it. Yeah. And it yeah. comes to... Uh, the spe- I think that's helpful because, you know, in our context, it might be the opposite uh, yeah. in terms of... Uh, it's more the state trying to tell trying the church, to tell the church what, to what to do. Yeah, and 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 again, in our day and age, it, it, I absolutely think it's in that direction, although not exclusively mm-hmm. in that direction. But again, it happens both ways. That there's a there's a left way for the church to be told how to operate. There's a a right meaning. Opposite of left, not opposite of wrong way of the church doing that, and there's this, there's this secular influence on the church's identity, and so that it, and it, it's really hard because on the one hand in the United States we have the issues of separation of church and state, uh, you know all of that. On the other hand, there are several moral issues that the church should absolutely have a voice in and be involved in. The church wants to stand against abortion. That's a biblical issue. The killing of babies is contrary to God's law. It's not a political issue, right? The church wants... Pre, pre-political, yeah, some have called it's it. Pre-poli- yeah. Yeah. The, the church wants to clarify what is and what is not a marriage, mm-hmm. because this is part of God's order in creation. It's not necessarily... It's a pre-political yeah. issue yeah. that has been politicized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's great terminology, yeah. right? And, and in that, it's in, interesting, because when that... I'm going to be careful how I say this. When that gets confused... We end up having situations like the state who, and I was just listening, I think it was maybe John Stone Street Breakpoint podcast uh, situation where he's talking about why, why does the state care so much? You know, all of a sudden now, if it's really just about emotional love and feelings and whatever makes you happy in the moment, why would the state be... And when the church, all that to say, when the church doesn't do its job, you know, in in terms of of representing the, you know, the the design of God really is what it is. When we don't do that, that we confuse the state. The state can't do its job right either, even though they're separate, but they're interrelated. And I think we'll get to that as we talk about these two That makes for an excellent Kingdoms or two realms. So, yeah, you know, we're... I think we're indebted to uh, the great work that uh, Joel Beerman has written, Holy Citizens. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Uh, yeah. H- yeah, right. Holy Citizens. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, if you haven't read that book, I'd encourage you to read it. But um, Adam, could you just lay out uh, what is what are the two kingdoms, two realms, uh, 
just give us kind of a, a primer on that as we get into this. Yeah, so, uh, and the funny thing is, is it took me a long time to, to remember which is right, which one's left, but then, you know, God's <laughs> always right, so, yeah. right? Yeah, that's how I remembered <laughs> yeah. it eventually. It took me, you know, years. It's graduate school level stuff, though, so our listeners will, will understand. Um, the, the kingdom of the right is a kingdom... Um, of the gospel, right? It's where it's where um, we uh, as Christians receive the good gifts of God, right? In in His Word and in sacrament, and He is we're participating in the in the things of God in His His realm. The the kingdom of the left or the realm, the left left hand realm. As I understand, it's funny you put me on the spot here because oh, yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> definitions. I don't have them written down, oh, so yeah. I'm actually like on the fly right now. Yeah. But on the left, it's it's uh, our participation in secular society. You know, our our you know governments and rulers and and pol- political orders and and things. Uh, and and the Christian is a member of both of these realms. And so to, to understand where you're operating in these realms is really the critical point is, is so to get them confused is to uh, really confuse the gospel. And we're, we're going to get into the burdening consciences thing, but that was the big thing for me is that when you get them confused, there, there's some really significant issues spiritually that come into play. But with that being said, that's my best. Did I do okay mm-hmm. yeah. on yeah, that thank on, you. The, on yes. the fly? I got a thumbs up from Jason. Yeah. So we're good. Well, I think one of the easiest ways, if you're not familiar with the concept of the two kingdoms, is you think about it as a matter of vocation, okay? And it involves both the vocation of the individual, but also the vocation of God, okay? And the the vocation of the individual goes to the kingdom on the right involves your vocation as a Christian. The kingdom on the left involves all of your earthly vocations, right? And it's not to say in the kingdom on the left, we don't act like Christians and in the kingdom on the right that we're not concerned with, you know, earthly justice and righteousness and things. But it's uh, the, the, the phrase that Bierman uses is distinction without divorce. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how they operate. So on, on, on the lower half of the, the two kingdoms is our idea of vocation, Christian and human, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the upper half of the two kingdoms is understanding God's vocation. And God's vocation comes into the two kingdoms as a matter of, is it the Apostles' Creed or is it the Ten Commandments? Mm -hmm. In the Apostles' Creed, then you have the law operating in the world, right? And, And the... Uh, when you're talking about, or not, that's the Ten Commandments. When you're talking I was about the, say, yeah, what, are you, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking my about? Word, uh, my word, my my yeah. brain's is going 100 miles an hour because I love talking about the two kingdoms. Yeah. The, when you're talking yeah. about the Apostles' Creed, the first article of the Creed mm-hmm. talks about God operating in the world. Second and third articles of the Creed talks about God operating in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got all of these things swirling around. You break it up in your mind, and so the spiritual realm is where God rules and reigns by the gospel. That. And it's got eternity in focus. The left-hand kingdom, the temporal reign of God, is where God rules and reigns by his law and by his created order, natural law and special law. But the whole point where people screw this up is that God still rules and reigns. Yeah, that, that was the thing that, yeah. that really, when I came to grips with that, of God is ruling over both realms, 
that that was really helpful for me to because you know before that I thought well God is reigning over here in the church and then kind of all these evil dictators and so on are, are reign, reigning over here and and that's not the case. Yeah, it's one of the one of the first mistakes that a Christian will make in in misordering politics in their life is that the church is the kingdom of God and the society is the kingdom of Satan. Okay, if Satan rules. God's not God. Well, wasn't that Augustine? Um, what, well, the city, city of God. God. City of man. And, and there was a little bit of that. And, and that was one of the concepts. As I learned that, as I learned about his work, that work in college, it confused that for me. Yep. It made Because they're not the same thing. The Lutheran view of, of the two realms is not the same thing as, as how Augustine defines. I'm not saying Augustine's wrong, because there's actually some really good points on what he's making. City of God is great. It's not, not the same thing. Lutheran. And, right? and, it's yeah. not, and it's not the same thing as we're discussing, for yeah. sure. Um, but I, I just want to make that distinction, because that, it helped me when I understood that there was a distinction there. It made, made sense in my mind. Okay, this isn't Augustine. This is... This is a Lutheran thing in, in and of itself, you know, kind of a Lutheran teaching or, a, you know, the, the way he defines this. The other thing that helped me is when you set it over, you have the two realms or the two kingdoms we're talking about, but you set them, you were mentioning this before with vocation, you set them in relationship to the three estates, yep. right? So that we talk about the twos and the threes. We have a lot of those when we yeah, talk about Lutheran yeah. doctrine, right? Uh, but the three estates, the family, church, and society, you 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 see the kingdoms operating in those realms. They really work together. And, and, and when you take away, if you, if you were to look at those two intersecting, you take a step back, there's your vocation yep. as well. It's like how, how vocation ties into this is seen in the three estates. Yeah, so Dr. Bierman has some mnemonic devices that we can kind of run through, and this is all his stuff. And I, I don't want to be plagiarizing. I don't want to, yeah, but, just but take it from him. They're, yep. they're a kind of a mnemonic listing to help us sort it out while we think about it, because we're going to talk about the implications for the theology next episode, right? So the in the spiritual realm, the kingdom on the right, the gospel is central. In the the temporal realm, the kingdom on the left, the law is central. Now, it's not to say there isn't any gospel in the left-hand realm, because again, that's where the first article of creation, you know, of the creed comes. And it's not to say there isn't any law mm-hmm. in in the in the church, because we have structure and we have authority and, and obedience and everything like that, right? So the gospel is primary in the spiritual realm. The law is primary in the temporal realm, okay? The kingdom on the right is concerned about relationship with the creator primarily. The kingdom on the left is concerned about relationships between creatures. There's that, again, that ordering of the estates, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The kingdom on the right is church responsibility. The kingdom on the left is government responsibility, okay? Uh, The kingdom on the right is interested in the means of grace and Mm. the gospel being applied. The kingdom on the left is interested in ethics and morality, Okay, the kingdom on the right. The goal is the full restoration of creation. It's eternity in mind. The kingdom on the left, the temporal kingdom, is the right functioning of creation right now. And then finally, the kingdom on the right delivers peace. The kingdom on the left can only work toward peace. And mm-hmm. and, and, and those are the things. And so, in some ways. The kingdom on the left is but a faint reflection of what eternity looks like. But the kingdom on the left and the kingdom on the right both describe the here and now for the Christian. 
Okay? Just like God rules and reigns over both the kingdom on the right and the kingdom on the left, you as a Christian live simultaneously in the kingdom on the right and in the kingdom on the left, which is why vocation is so important and why understanding the distinction between law and gospel is so important and why understanding the two kinds of righteousness, vertical and horizontal, and are and so threes. important, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's these paradigms yeah. and these tensions that are laid out that help us understand of the two kingdoms. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, you know, as we you know wrap up this episode, is there is there a reason to use the word realm versus kingdom uh, in this, or what what would be the difference there? So I I took a class from Doctor Bierman a few years ago, and he prefers realm mm-hmm. because he thinks kingdom is too political. I think is what he said. Oh, it's okay. too got it. It's too power oriented. You know, in 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 my in in this teaching, God is the king. Yeah. Right. In both sides. He, he does not, he's not, oh, we'll let the, we'll let the world do whatever they, they see fit. No, he is the God of natural order. Like we've talked about natural revelation, the kingdom of the left. So when you think of God as king, I think kingdom's okay. But the confusion is, is when you think of two kingdoms, uh, you don't think of, you know, King Charles the third as having two, kingdoms. having two kingdoms. He has one kingdom. And so that's the confusion for me. And that's why I personally, and I agree yeah, with Beerman, re- but realms. maybe for a different yeah. reason that realms is a better, mm-hmm. um, yeah. kind of, even estates or two, but that's used in a different way. So we can't use that one. I would think that almost always when we screw up on our confession of the two realms, it's that we are deceived or forget or or somehow imagine that God is losing power Mm -hmm. or doesn't have Mm -hmm. it. And and almost all your errors are going to flow from that, you know, falsehood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hey, our, our hope is uh, hitched to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And uh, yeah, maybe this is a good time to wrap up this episode and we'll come back next time uh, continuing to chew off the meat on that bone that, that's there. Great. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. The Free Lutheran and Bible College and Seminary invites you to their campus in Plymouth, Minnesota for the 2023 Seminary Symposium, January 11th through the 13th. Speakers will consider the influence of the early church fathers and the implications for the church today. Find more information at flbc.edu events. God bless you and have a great week.